It's March Madness Redemption on this edition of the Seco Sports Forum. Well, March Madness continues, and uh, Sam Bruno and, and Sherm Chester, and this time we got the third part of the team together. Coach Bill Taylor is with us on the telly. Well, uh, gentlemen, March Madness, uh, already some brackets are broken. I think mine was done first night, so uh, let's spell it out. Uh, we're going to give ourselves a second chance. <laughs> now, Sam, I just want to let you know, I don't know if you're keeping track, but uh, on the first round or the, the first week of March Madness, uh, on the picks department, I was 34 and 14, and you came out 28 and 20. Pretty bad. <laughs> it was pretty bad. Right. But we won't win the million dollar prize or whatever they were giving out on any of these uh, different networks. Uh, well, now we're down to the, the Sweet 16, and and let's go through the Sweet 16 as it stands. We'll make our picks. Uh, we'll we'll refer back at the end to what we originally went with. Sam, yours, your picks, and my picks. Uh, but let's 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 have some fun. The first one we'll start off with uh, Gonzaga versus Creighton. From the West, Sam, your pick. Oh, it's, it, it, certainly, Gonzaga has got an easier path now to the Final Four than they've than we thought they were going to have. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I think uh, Creighton's bubble will burst uh, on Sunday. I'm riding that horse too. What about you, Coach? I agree, Gonzaga. All right. Then the other side of that bracket, it's USC takes on the Oregon Ducks. Sam, that's, that's going to be one of the most entertaining games. Uh, of the weekend. Um, the only problem is it's not going to start until 10 o'clock at night, which is another story gripe that I have. Uh, but uh, that's going to be one of the most entertaining games and uh, give me the fighting ducks all the way. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to go with you on that one. I will go with you on that one. What about you coach? I'm the contrarian USC. All right. All right. There you go. Let's go to the East bracket uh, in the sweet 16. Michigan takes on Florida state. Sam. I was, I've been on the Florida State bandwagon, but Michigan, uh, Jawan Howard has done a really nice job coaching the Michigan team with Isaiah Livers out. And uh, I think Michigan, uh, the way they played their last game, they've, they've, they've discovered something. They're just too good on defense. And I think defense will win that game. So I'm going to go with Michigan against my instinct of Florida State. Yeah, I've been riding Michigan on I'm so far in the tourney. I'm going to stick with them. What about you, coach? Uh, I think the big 10 is overrated and uh, I'm going to go with Florida state. Wow. The Seminoles. This guy's, this guy is really taking the, that's good. I like this. I like this. Now let's go to the other bracket, UCLA versus Alabama. I, I, I was on Alabama early, but every time I watch Alabama, they disappoint me uh, so much. So, uh, my Pac-10 team to go to the next round is going to be UCLA. Uh, I'm going to stick with Alabama. I'll stick with Alabama. What about you, Coach? I'm going with Bama. All right. All right. So let's go on to the south or down south. Baylor going up against Villanova. Oh, no. That's, that's, that, that's going to be a bloodbath. Uh, Baylor is going to kill him. <laughs> I'll go with Baylor on that one, too. Coach? The Baylor Bears. Okay. Now we go to the other bracket, side of the bracket, Arkansas, Oral Roberts, one of the one of those Cinderella teams this year. 
how how can Oral Roberts win another game? I don't see how that can happen. <laughs> uh, so you know, I don't think I don't think it's going to happen. So uh, uh, the Razorbacks for me. Well, I'm going to play the safe goal with you too, Razorbacks on that one, Coach. Unless there's divine intervention, I'm going to say it's Razorback. <laughs> do you do you remember uh, a lot of the people probably watching, especially anybody under the age of fifty, maybe forty? Do, you, do people remember who Oral Roberts was? And and uh, I don't know, Sam. Back when we were in the radio days, remember when we had the uh, on radio we had the Oral Roberts broadcast on Sunday mornings? Oh, of course, oh, of course, yes, yeah. yes. So I remember that. Yeah, preacher man. All right, let's go to the bracket. Now, this is the one. This was my uh, shining moment when I when I put my money on Sister Jean and the Loyola Chicago team. Uh, they're going to be going up against Oregon State in the Midwest. What about you, Sam? Well, the favorite in the game is Loyola, but I don't know how you can make this Loyola team a favorite. Um, although the Pac-12 is an not a great conference. I'm going to go with Oregon State, I think. They got Chaplin's sister Jean there. I mean, <laughs> she, she's going to lead them to the promised land, I hope. She's 101 years old, didn't get to go to the tourney last year because of COVID, and she's there now. And uh, those kids, like I said last week, are playing their heart out for her. So I'm going to go with Loyola Chicago as, as, as one of the surprises to get into the, uh, into the uh, Elite Eight. What about you, Coach? I'm going with sister Jean. There you go. And then the other one was a kind of a surprise uh, uh, in the Midwest. I, I said, I'll make the pick for our buddy, Dave O'Brien. I picked Syracuse and they're, they're uh, going for it against Houston. Sam, what about it? I don't think it's going to be the buddy Bayheim show again. Okay. Uh, he's been shooting unbelievably from three point land. Uh, I think Houston, Houston may be on a roll right now. I'm not crazy about Houston. This game is going to go down to the wire. I think Houston will nip Syracuse. Uh, Coach, I'm still thinking about this one. I think Buddy Bayham, I, I agree the game's going to go to the wire, but I think he comes through with a three-pointer in the clutch and Syracuse wins. You know that, that I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go with you on that one. I'm gonna I I, I pick Syracuse as a kind of a lark, like I was joking with Sam last week, uh, doing it for Dave O'Brien. I'm gonna stick with him in this one. I I had picked Houston on my brackets to go to the finals, but I think that could be an upset. All right, so let's just advance instead of going through the eight, and we've all got different picks. Let's pick our final four. Okay, what what what's your prediction for the final four, Sam? Well, I think for me, I think for me, it's going to be uh, Baylor, Michigan, uh, Gonzaga, uh, and Houston. Okay. Coach? Uh, Baylor, yes. Uh, and Gonzaga, I'm not sure on the other two. Okay, you got. Uh, I'm going to say Syracuse. All right. All right. They're going to ride it again. Okay. And uh, not sure in the other bracket. Okay. I guess I would go with Emma. Okay, Florida State. Over I want to ask. I, I just want to go. I just want to ask Coach a basketball question about oh. fast teams and slow teams. I mean, there's some teams here that want to play fast all the time, like uh, Gonzaga and Houston, uh, Baylor. 
And then there are teams that are very slow, like um, Oregon and Creighton and Syracuse. Coach, who has the advantage, the team that plays slow or the team that wants to play fast? I think the team that imposes their will on the other has the advantage. But that being said, I think the, the slower team, if they can control the pace of the game and break pressure, because you know that other teams are going to pressure you to try and up the tempo. But what happens sometimes with fast teams is they get frustrated. And once they get frustrated, turnovers happen, and that's not good. So I would say the slower team versus the faster team, as long as they can break pressure, that's the key. And I think I'm finding when I'm watching a lot of these games, a lot of these games do come down to coaching. Uh, there have been some games here where some coaches have been definitely outcoached. And uh, I think you need to look at the coaching records of these teams and go along and pick the teams that the coaches have been more successful in the tournament. I think that makes a difference. Everything I've read says that one of the coaches, and I voted against them, but one of the coaches who has just done a superb job in this tournament has been Juwan Howard. And he's a, he's, a, he's a rookie and he's young and he's not, I don't think he's getting the respect that some of the people who have been around for a while uh, are giving him. Uh, he's, he's made some changes after Isaiah Livers went out. He, in the last game, had to make some major changes and those changes worked. I was going to say, you have a surprise uh, loss of that first weekend, Sam, that kind of threw you a curve, a real curve? Oh, Illinois. What, yeah. How did Illinois lose? Yeah, I know. You know, after Illinois and then Iowa lost. Yeah, that I'm was saying. One. Yeah, I'm saying Big Ten is just, you know, as a conference, I just think they're overrated on the national level. You know, I, my one, uh, you know, pick that I made, kind of like I said, with my uh, heart instead of my head, obviously Loyola, Chicago. I, that's the one I'm going to stick with, I think, in the, my final four picks. I'll go with Gonzaga. That's the horse I'm riding all the way to the end. Uh, Michigan, uh, Baylor, and then uh, in, in the final four, I, I'm going to... I'm going to go with Loyola Chicago. It'll be against the Houston. That ought to be a dandy game. And now we got to go to those final two picks. Who, what are you going with, Sam? Oh, I think it's going to end up Gonzaga Baylor. Gonzaga Baylor. What about you, coach? I agree with Sam. Oh yeah. I think uh, that's, I think we're sister Jean and the magic. Hands. <laughs> but you know something I'd like to see it happen, but I, you know, there's always some team that comes out of the, out of the woods and, and, and gets deep. And I think that's about it for them. All right, I'll go. I'll agree there. Gonzaga's been my horse all the way around. I'm going to say 75-71. I'll stick with that final score I gave last week. What about you, Sam? I think that I think both teams. You know, I think what happens here is that if it's not a close game, the other team tends to blow out the other team. It's usually either they usually win by twenty or they lose. They win by one mm -hmm. uh, in the final game. So uh, I I think uh, I think this game was been was canceled twice because of COVID. Gonzaga playing Baylor during the regular season. So I think I'm looking forward to hopefully get this game played. Uh, and I think it's going to be Gonzaga probably, oh, I don't know, 83-73, um, oh, something like that. All right. And Coach? Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's Gonzaga at double digits. 
Yeah, they uh, they when they are on a roll, the Zags are are hard to beat. So again, that's I think we're in agreement there, and we'll wait and see. And uh, again, this is this redemption, second second time around. But uh, uh, for Sam, you and I will have to put both lists together and, and see oh. who comes in closest at the very end. But uh, it was redemption. <laughs> right. It was pretty bad after that first weekend. Um, you had a, a bit of news you heard about spring sports and the NHIAA, Sam. Pass it along. Yeah, spring, spring sports. So looking over, look, looking over the schedule, spring sports start on April 12th. All the teams that will be playing uh, baseball, softball, boys lacrosse, girls lacrosse, boys tennis, girls tennis, all will start the week of April 12th. So uh, they have a couple of weeks here. Uh, to get together, to get uh, their schedules together. Um, in the uh, Portsmouth Herald, uh, there was a, an article on the front page of the sports section by uh, editor Jay Pinsano that said that uh, the NHIAA says all spring sports will have a random draw and an open tournament. And we just got through the basketball situation where uh, seedings weren't used. Teams were not seeded. They were randomly seated and that caused some uh distress no uh head scratching head scratching and uh the coaches uh that were quoted in the paper uh winnicott softball coach dennis bruce uh was quoted as saying i don't know how this is fair um and uh aaron abood the athletic director and baseball coach at winnicott uh felt that the right way to do it is to have division one seated, but the baseball committee and their uh, chairman, who is Craig Melanson from Berlin high school said that with the all four divisions in baseball, the only way to be fair was to do it by random seating. So uh, as we know, in the hierarchy of the NHIAA, each sport is dictated by their committee. And so the committees make the decision, but it looks like again, when we get to the end of May, when it's tournament time, there's going to be more head scratching. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, and, and again, I, I guess, the, you know, we've discussed it in the past. I think the NHIA takes it on the chin for being the one that enforces the playoff system. Uh, but you just said it, there's a committee that decides, you know, the inner workings. And I, I am, we will have to get uh, Jeff Collins on board to see, you know, how these committees what they're thinking is maybe he doesn't even know <laughs> a mystery to Jeff and the Again, rest of the all game. The coaches, hey, hey. All, the, all the coaches basically saying, I'm pleased as punch that we're getting a season in. And that's the only way you can look at mm. the rest of this year is right. like, boy, it's great that we can get a season in and finish the year and have spring sports uh, because everything got wiped out last year. So, yeah. so again, you start there. And, you know, the tournament is a tournament. Uh, it, it, it's just another few games. So uh, let's enjoy it. Let the, let the students have a good time playing. Well, that's right. And, uh, you know, like Roger was saying in our last program, Roger Brown, uh, uh, the last time he was with us, that, you know, it, it, he hopes that maybe it'll be a little bit more open to fans, the, the parents being able to watch the games, you know, more spectators at the games as it's out in the open in the fresh air. Question for Sam. Sam, are the schedules regional as they were in the other sports or well, are the schedules so in other words is Exeter going to play the same Seacoast teams that they played yes. in the other sports? They are. They are. Well, no. Is there a limit? How many games? 
I, I think. I mean, how many games does Exeter scheduled to play? I think I think they're going to play uh, in the in the pods again. You know, the Seacoast Pod. I don't know. I don't. I, the number of games. I'm not sure if the number of games have been reduced. Instead of playing, you know, 18 or 20, I think they're going to be down to 12 or so because they're not starting until the yeah. middle of April. Some other uh, news I wanted to just mention, kicking around with you guys, that uh, uh, well, a couple of things with the Patriots. Uh, I was happy to hear uh, that James White signed again, at least for one year with the Patriots. He's one of my my guys on that team. And uh, a week ago, was uh, David Andrews, their center, signed up for few years and uh, also hunter to the patriots unfortunately it isn't the hunter i was hoping hunter long from <laughs> blue hawks and bc uh it's uh hunter henry who bill belichick i guess has been scouting since he was in high school so uh i wonder how that'll affect the upcoming draft for hunter long i mean we were kind of all dreaming that he'd be a tight end for the patriots but it looks like they've gone out and bought a few uh, or at least two uh, i don't know if uh, bill belichick likes his tight end offense so i don't know if he'd think about a third or hunter winds up with uh, another team that is in need what about it, Sam? i think bob Kraft has just opened up the pocketbook so i think bill belichick going into the draft is going to have a open checkbook and go get whoever he wants right now hmm. what about you coach uh you know i don't think here's why i don't think hunter long will go to the patriots he is the John Mackey Award winner. He is the best tight end uh, in the nation. After the Patriots struck out with the last two picks, Devin Asiasi and uh, uh, Dalton Keene, I believe is the other gentleman's name. Mm -hmm. They were both third-round picks. So if Hunter Long were to go to the Patriots, it would only be in the far later rounds, which would be unfortunate to him. I think he, I think he's looking to be drafted before the fifth round. I would hope. Uh, he's had a very successful career at BC. He can catch the ball. He's athletic. He's strong. Obviously to play in the Exeter system, you have to be able to block and mm -hmm. he can do that too. Um, mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, Belichick uh, and Kraft opening the pocketbooks for what they uh, they're committed to running a two tight end offense. That's where they've had a majority of their success when they have two quality athletes at tight end. Uh, and I think, and that's by running that. Cam Newton makes some sense. Mm -hmm. I was very surprised that they re-signed him, but I guess looking at the options on the table and then seeing right away the big trade with the Raiders, I think that that's a key trade. Uh, getting Trent Brown back, that big tackle. I mean, the guy is enormous. He's six six to six eight in that range and 380 pounds and he can move you know i think that and he wants to be in new england he feels he made a mistake going to vegas and going to the raiders and he likes the patriot system 
So I think by getting him back, you're going to see the running game take off. Even though Tooney is gone and he's a great player, uh, they can replace him. Isaiah Wynn. I mean, Justin Heron, who was a seventh-round draft pick last year, played, came in and played some tackle. So I knew Cannon was going to go. Uh, and Marcus Cannon's a good player. But they can replace him and replace him with cheaper uh, people and younger players. So I think you're going to see the Patriots on the upsurge. I'm going to make a prediction that that Miami is not going to be the Miami Dolphins of last year. I'm not sold on Tua at quarterback. I'm going to look for the Patriots to try and draft a quarterback. Obviously, Stidham is not the answer. That's my feeling on the Pats. Plus, they've got Hightower back. They re-signed Van Noy. They're going to be a they sign uh, Judon, linebacker from the Ravens, who is like a Swiss Army knife, like Van Noy is, like Hightower is. I mean, you've got three linebackers right there that can play in the middle. They can cover people if that's needed. Or they can rush the passer. I mean, you never know where the Patriots are going to be applying pressure. So I just think... They're in a lot better shape than they were last year. It'll be interesting to see if they package some picks to move up in the draft to get a higher pick at quarterback. I was going to say, when it comes to Hunter Long, I, I, I think we all agree that the chances of him getting picked by the Patriots are pretty slim at this point. Um, but I think my, my only hope for him is, and I'd love to have Hunter on the show, if his folks ever listen or somebody knows what's have him connect with us. We'd love to have him on, uh, especially before the draft, because I think once he gets drafted, it's adios and he's on to bigger and better things. But right now, uh, I, I just want to see him get drafted by a team. And there are a lot of them out there that can use a real solid tight end, a go-to guy, and uh, potentially to be the next uh, Gronk, Kelsey, any of these guys that, uh, that just uh, get into a groove and, and fit fit with their team. And I, I can see it happening with Hunter. So uh, the other thing I wanted to bring up was the um, Jim Nance is going to stay. We were talking about March Madness. He's going to be staying the voice of March Madness and uh, the masters and NFL football with CBS. He just signed a multi-million dollar contract. Uh, rumor had it. He was going to be leaving CBS to go to ESPN. And I guess what upset him was, and I didn't realize this, that Tony Romo, has the richest contract in broadcast history, seventeen and a half million a year. Right. Yeah. And 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 Nance, who was the lead guy and has been there forever, and he does all the sports, not just football. And that was all that Romo was hired for. So he got his he got his big payday. Whatever. They're not revealing what the numbers were, but uh, what's your feelings on Nance? Was he worth it? Oh, definitely. I think so. I think he's the face of CBS Sports. I think they need to keep him there, even though the commercials that he's doing with Samuel Jackson and Oh yeah, and Spike, and Spike Lee and Barkley are a little lame. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Coach? When it comes to the announcers, does Nance float your boat? Yeah, I like Jim Nance, and I do think Tony Romo was exceptional. I, I just, I don't get into. Uh, it just bothers me because, first of all, let's state the obvious: they're making obscene amounts of money. 
I mean, so to quibble because you're only making six million and somebody's <laughs> making more, I, I just don't buy that. I know, I but know, I, know. I, know. I, I do think Jim Nance. Yes, I enjoy listening to him. Uh, I like him a lot better than I like the Fox broadcasters. I do think uh, the Sunday night game, the NBC. I think if they're going to replace Collinsworth with Peyton Manning, not Peyton Manning, uh, Drew Brees, I think Collinsworth is exceptional. I think he is, he and Romo are the best. I mean, I think Romo is the best because Romo gets into the game and understands it. Collinsworth is the same. Um, the only thing I'll say about it is that I think if and when the man down in Tampa Bay decides he wants to retire. And if he wants to go into the booth, CBS will open up the vault for Tom Brady. Any network would do that, yeah. but I don't know. Something tells me when he leaves, I think he's going to leave. He doesn't need the money, yeah. the money and the travel and, you know, being away from his family. I wish ESPN would hire some good broadcasters. Jeez. <laughs> I know. I know what mean. Especially the football. Well, I was going to say, horrible. we got our friend O'Brien, Dave O'Brien. I mean, I don't see why they don't try to convert him to football. I mean, you know, I know he has a conflicting schedule, but he seems to work it out. And now, uh, like he was telling us, he does a lot of this uh, remote broadcasting, so to speak. Uh, you know, I, uh, yeah, there's a voice that, you know, I'd pay big money for. I Just before we started, uh, recording this, I was watching one of the spring training games with the Red Sox. They're on Major League Baseball Network, but it wasn't Dave and, and Jerry. It was, I guess, the guys who do the Tampa Bay Rays. I'll tell you one thing. We're lucky. We have Dave O'Brien and Jerry Remy. I love to hear content when I'm watching a game. Uh, it's hard enough to focus on a baseball game now because they draw out and drag on. And, it, and another thing it was disappointing to see the scattered fans in the stands down there in spring training. I mean, I know they're going to try to put a few uh, fannies in the seats at Fenway when the season starts. And did you see, Oh, that was the other thing I want to bring up the prices for the seats. <laughs> Again, uh, yeah, when you, when you only, when you only have 4,500 people, you know, demand price, you know, wow. demand supply and demand. Wow. I saw this one fellow that was on, I think it was Facebook. Uh, he was uh, bragging that his girlfriend got him tickets or his wife got him tickets to see uh, the Red Sox play the Houston Astros. Bleacher seats, 139 a piece, and you had to buy a minimum of two. And that's what they're doing now. They're packaging everything in two or four. So uh, I guess regular seats, what we'd call regular seats, are like a grand to be able to, to sit there and watch a game. I, 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 I don't know. Something's wrong there. I know what you're saying, Sam, supply and demand, but there again, wow. They're not going to make it up on the concession stand. I don't think <laughs> two minute drill time, Sam, what you got for us? Well, you know, I, I thought about this before we started here, Sherman. And, uh, after our last show, uh, Marvin Hagler passed away. He was living in New Hampshire and in the eighties, in boxing, there was no one bigger than Hagler. Mm -hmm. And the Hagler-Hearns fights were unbelievable. I did have the chance once to interview Marvin Hagler, and um, he was getting ready because one of his championship fights, one of the rare championship fights that he had, was in Boston. It was against 
Vito the Mosquito Antifermo. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And I think sure. that was his only title defense that he had in Boston in his hometown. And he was so excited about it. And I remember um, having about a 10 minute interview with him. Uh, and he uh, was so gracious and so nice and, uh, and was such a community guy about New England and the Boston area. I always remember that. And what happened after the interview is that he sent two tickets to the fight wow. to the radio station. And uh, the program director, again, as you know, sure, the program oh, yeah. director always takes over the freebies. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, those disappeared real fast. <laughs> they did. But the program director did invite me to go along to uh, Boston Garden and see that fight. First time I had ever been to a professional boxing match before. I've been to a number of wrestling matches, but never a boxing <laughs> match at the Garden. And uh, I always remember it. Uh, and and it, it was over quick. It was three rounds, and Hagler just destroyed the mosquito in that fight. I, I'm jealous, man. That, that's an interview. I never realized that he was living here in New Hampshire, or I probably would have tried to, you know, scout him out and, and see if he'd just do a few minutes with us. We were talking about on my uh, music show that I do on uh, Cool 94.1 FM, we discussed Marvin Hagler because uh, one of my co-hosts, Louie had met him and said what a perfect gentleman uh, Marvin Hagler was. I mean, he was just aces and he would do things for the community with not a lot of publicity. Just a great, great person. Yeah. Now for my two minute drill, people, if you're not following NASCAR, I'll tell you, <laughs> you're missing out because there have been six Mm -hmm. Different winners, a different winner every week at Bristol. It's a dirt race. So they're getting back to their roots. Now, I can't wait to see the NASCAR guys on, in Bristol. Bristol's like a coliseum. I mean, it's, it's set up like that, and it's, they just go round and round. It's a very short track, but with the dirt, boy, it, I, I can't pick a favorite. I mean, I have no idea how they're going to do, but they have had a different winner every week. Ryan Blaney came from way back and uh, won the race after Kyle Larson had led well over three quarters of the laps, and he ran him down at the end of the race just to show you that you never give up. And then something about NASCAR I also want to mention is that uh, – Kudos to those folks up in Loudoun uh, running uh, the Motor Speedway. They're uh, doing more clinics to uh, get out vaccinations, uh, COVID vaccinations. And uh, I know you went up to get your vaccination up there, Coach. Uh, Sam, you're, you're all set, right? All set now. Same here. So um, I guess and this isn't part of my two-minute drill, but I was just going to say Coach and I have talked about it. And uh, uh, we encourage, I think all three of us encourage anybody that can, sign up, get the shot, get vaccinated so we can kind of open this world up again. My two-minute drill, I just want to mention, I know you guys, again, I've got the team together here. They could care less about fantasy baseball. <laughs> <laughs> Am I going to give me another team? No, no, you've got a team. You you, you and the coach have a team, okay? Um, the fact of the matter is I want to thank some folks that, that came on board. I set up the league for this season, and we'll be drafting very soon. And uh, 
it uh, it's always just for fun, just for bragging rights. We uh, uh, do three different types of leagues and, and there's different formulas. There's a points league. That's like playing the stock market. And that's definitely a crapshoot when you go into it. Um, my favorite is rotisserie baseball. You have to have a little finesse. You have to balance your team with some hitting and some uh, guys that can steal bases and the pitching has to you know be on target. Uh, and then uh, they have what they call the head-to-head league, which is kind of a combination of both. So uh, thanks to all the folks that uh, bailed into this uh, season of the Zico Sports Forum League and you guys. If you want to be part of the draft, you can. <laughs> well, you know what? Sam is, is our manager, and I'm just the first base coach. So. <laughs> I like that. I like that. And the other thing I just want to mention is uh, uh, the podcast. You know, uh, I'm very uh, thankful for the folks that are finding us. Uh, pick it up on Apple, uh, Stitcher, uh, Spotify, Google, all, all the places you can get your podcast. So thanks for the folks that uh, – do tune in and, and have been listening to the podcast. So gentlemen, anything else you wanted to throw on the table before we close it up? All set. All right. Well, on behalf of okay. Sam Bruno and our special guest on the telephone, the coach, Bill Taylor, Mr. Sherm Chester inviting you to join us for the next edition of the Seco Sports Forum. Be sure to subscribe and hit the bell to get notified about new episodes of the Seco Sports Forum. Follow the Sports Forum team behind the scenes on our Facebook and Twitter pages. This is Sherm Chester inviting you to join us for the next edition of the Seco Sports Forum. Yeah.